Hi, everyone. This is David. As you probably know, our podcast will end the day after the election. So we've decided to sell a commemorative T-shirt. The official Election Profit Makers Class of 2016 is available for pre-order now at bit.ly.com slash EPM shirt. We'll be taking orders until Monday, November 7th, at which point we will stop taking orders. So don't delay. Order your shirt today. As always, thank you for your support. It really has meant a lot to us. And now, let's start today's episode. Thank you, everybody. Boy, oh boy, what a crowd. And just in case you haven't heard, we're winning, not only Florida, but we're going to win the whole thing. The new poll that just came out from Investors Business Daily has us up 20 trillion points nationwide. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, a guide to winning and losing money on the 2016 campaign using online prediction markets. It's October 26th. This is the 15th of 17 episodes on our limited podcast series. I'm David Reese, and I'm joined by my childhood friend, John Kimball. Hi, John. What's up, man? It's a little casual. I know we have senioritis. We have <laughs> such senior slack right now, but we still have to do a good job and study for our final exams. All right. All right. Hey, David. John, we got two more weeks. Two weeks from today, in fact, we'll record our final episode because we assume the results of the election will be known. Correct? Correct. What if they're not? Do we keep going? Oh, Starley raises an intriguing question. John, if the results of the election are not known by Wednesday, November 9th, do we honor our pledge to stop the podcast the day after the election or do we keep going all the way through the Supreme Court challenge and then waiting around while they appoint a justice or however the, I mean, what do you think, John? I think we still quit. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Open the dictionary and look for the word running on fumes. And that's my face you see as the illustration. I'm so wiped out and exhausted. John, bring us up to date on the state of the race. How are you feeling? I'm starting to get nervous. Um, I think there's just so much data that's coming in. I'm just watching the screen and Twitter constantly, and each little bit of data contradicts the the earlier data. So, yeah, I'm I'm getting a little bit nervous and and anxious. I I still feel that Trump is going to lose. Um, I just don't know how exactly it's going to happen and i want to know what do you mean you don't know how it's going to happen i just i want to know every state how it's going to fall i want to know the margin of victory i I mean i need to know all that so i can make money right should we just jump right into our portfolios or do we need to recap everything that's happened since the third and final presidential debate what what all has happened i mean well john i'd be happy to tell you The big news uh, yesterday or the day before was Trump is no longer raising money for the RNC. He's relying entirely on small dollar donations. And um, I guess that is not great news for down ballot Republicans, um, that their superstar is no longer going to be raising money for those races. Donald Trump is also $44 million short of his pledge to spend $100 million of his own money on his campaign. He spent $56 million. I'm assuming he will never spend that other $44 million, correct? Yeah, I don't think so at this point. 
And another great thing that I love, I always love when you get information about the finances of Trump's campaign. <laughs> and then my new favorite bit of data is that campaign donors have <laughs> actually been buying his book twice because they used campaign donations to buy many copies of his book, The Art of the Deal, which is the Dianetics of the Business World. And then he turned around and signed them, and then they sold them back to campaign donors as a special signed premium. In fact, because I'm on his campaign list, I myself had an offer, an opportunity, I should say, to buy a signed copy of Art of the Deal, which I, refu- I was going to say I refused to do, but I just didn't do. It's kind of like predicted. You can, you can buy the shares or not. It's like predicted, but for the art of the deal. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's a business scam wrapped inside a fake stock market. <laughs> it's amazing. So the other thing that happened was they sort of launched this preliminary Trump TV by doing something on Facebook Live. That was sort of interesting, and everyone freaked out about it. <laughs> Did you watch any of it? I saw a screen, I saw a, a screen grab of it. It was... Uh, Kellyanne Conway and two schlubs sitting in a messy office uh, looking a little... It it looked weird to me. It looked like something I wouldn't watch. But if they keep that aesthetic and that becomes their like cable (laughs) network and they're just like, yeah, we're just going to shoot everything with the phone in this little random office... Uh, I might watch it. I don't know. What do you think? It depends on what kind of jingles they have, what kind of theme songs they have. No, it didn't look that good to me. And they they weren't even using microphones. I was like, man, my audio, my mic is better than their mic. (laughs) Donald Trump is so DIY. Do you think he ever organized like all ages shows in Queens when he was a kid? I mean, he really has that spirit of like, yeah, we just got to get this show together, man. We got this band coming from Lexington and like, I guess they can crash on my dad's couch. Right. They're not black. And like, and we don't have a, we don't have a microphone stand, but like we use this broom and this duct tape. We can get it done. Yeah, man, we can have our own cable news network. Let's go straight to the people and bypass the corporate media with our raw truth. Straight edge lifestyle, Donald Trump. Um, I do you think that cable network has anything to do with the state of the campaign or is it just like yeah this, he's just looking at his watch now he's like as soon as this campaign is done I can become the media mogul like my hero Silvio Berlusconi I don't know I, I mean I have no idea what he's doing he's traveling he's in Virginia where he's down like nine points he's in Pennsylvania well, he opened a hotel yesterday right I mean he didn't he take time away from the campaign to go right debut one of his amazing properties well and Mike Pence was in Utah yesterday so Okay, can we get right straight to Mike Pence, this guy? Now, as everyone knows, I have, (laughs) I still own 250 shares of Mike Pence dropping out by October 31st. According to my calculations, he has five days to do so, or I'm going to lose a lot of money. Now, these shares are currently worth one cent, that is to say a single penny. So I'm not doing so good. Now, I've been tweeting at Mike Pence, um to drop out and explaining to him that it would really help me as a struggling small business owner if he would drop off the ticket. I always, you remember, I bought these shares at the height of the Billy Bush tape and I assume Mike Pence would just be like, I'm fucking out of here. I can't even, I can't even stay on this ticket with this guy. But it seems like everyone's made their peace with the Billy Bush uh, tape and, and all previous and subsequent offenses committed by Donald Trump against common human decency. And now it's looking scarily like Mike Pence is going to stay on the ticket all the way through Halloween, the witching hour. Um, I kept hoping that something else would come out and finally be the straw that would break the camel's back. But I don't know. It feels like the huge scandals and revelations are done. Is that correct, John? Yeah. 
you know, in, in, in the years past, we would have these October surprises that would drop, you know, a few days before, you know, the DWI dropped in 2000, that George W. Bush had a DWI. Um, but nowadays, I think they happen a couple, two, three weeks beforehand because of the early voting. I mean, maybe I'm wrong and maybe some huge bombshell will come out later today, but it, it feels like it's over in terms of surprises. What does Starley think? We go now to our special correspondent, our surprise correspondent, Starley Kine, a.k.a. Queen Moneybags. I just feel like it seems when we say no more surprises a few days before Halloween, it seems like a Halloween special where we're all, where the main characters are all standing around. <laughs> being like, I guess nothing weird going to happen this year. Right, exactly. Right. We, well, basically what it is is... <laughs> Because this election is basically like living inside a haunted house, like an old, rambly, disgusting Victorian mansion with black mold in the walls. And we've been living there for so long and we've gotten so acclimated at this point. It's like there's no more ghosts or ghouls or goblins left in this house. You know, what What else could happen? Wake up with knives in our throats. Yeah. Is the election always held around Halloween? It feels really scary this year. <laughs> Why? Yeah. I don't think you should have elections this horrifying so close to a nationwide celebration of horror. You know what it feels like? It feels like... Holy crap. <laughs> what was that? What's wrong? Me? Yeah, what was that? Oh, I, sorry. I just refreshed my portfolio and it did not look good. No, mine looks horrible. Mine, I mean, it is way down. What's happening? What is happening? Is it peep? Is it traders just doing stuff to keep the energy up and to keep volatility going, even though it, everything just feels like a foregone conclusion at this point? I mean, everyone's e everyone's been emailing us being like, oh, I wish I had started trading six months ago. Now that the election is basically over, what can you make money on? It's like, feels like we're like, it's the aftermath of a huge party. And now we're just rummaging around gathering cans and bottles to get those nickel deposits. I mean, I'm sure there's money to be made, but is there exciting money to be made? Is there still a rush to be had, John? Uh, between now and in the election? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think there's, yeah, you can still have a rush. There's 14 different polling markets now. So you can get in there and definitely lose a ton of money. Um, okay, great. Yeah. So good news, everybody. If you still want to flush money down the commode, there's always an opportunity on predictit.org. But right now, I'm looking at a really, really bad scene in my portfolio. I got North Carolina plummeting. What happened to North Carolina? You told me North Carolina was a lock. Look, if the data is right, then it's very, very likely that Hillary's going to win. Um, I think a lot of people are spooked by these early voting numbers. In when we, the early voting started on October twentieth, and it was really lagging behind the twenty twelve numbers because we had an effort in some urban counties by Republican Board of Elections to limit the number of locations for early voting. This happened particularly in Guilford County, the third largest county in North Carolina where Greensboro is. It's a county that went for Obama, has a large African-American population, and they only had one early voting place in the first few days. Now that more have opened up, the numbers are starting to catch up to 2012. And we're actually above 2012 in terms of the number of people that have voted. 
Democrats are down slightly and Republicans are down slightly and unaffiliated are up like 124% compared to 2012. Are the unaffiliateds all voting for Trump? Who are they voting for? See, we don't know. In the past, in North Carolina, those unaffiliateds are, from my experience, you know, calling unaffiliateds are generally uh, Republicans hiding out as independents. But the millennials, by far, register as unaffiliated. And that's been the biggest growing group in North Carolina. So it's sort of a mixed bag. We're not really sure who they are. You were telling me all this stuff about Mecklenburg County and like people don't realize the changes that are going on in Mecklenburg County, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm looking at this. I have a poll here. Remington Research, Trump plus three. New York Times, Clinton plus seven. What's going on? It's too crazy. I don't like okay, it. Okay, well, first of all- I thought this was safe new- money. This was going to be my safe money retirement fund, this North Carolina stuff. Okay, I'm going to tell. I'm gonna talk about the polling for a second. The polling averages have- uh, Hillary up by anywhere from one and a half to three points, whether you're, you're talking about Real Clear Politics or the Huffington Post pollster average. Yes, the New York Times came out showing Clinton up by seven. I, I doubt that she's up by that much. But that Remington research poll, that's a, a GOP pollster, which doesn't necessarily mean they're bad, but that it, they use IVR, which is robo-polling, and they only call landlines. So that particular poll, I would discount. That's crap. It's just a matter of whether people turn out. And right now, the early voting numbers have been a little bit off because of those limited locations. But because the court stepped in, there are overall, there are going to be more hours of early voting in North Carolina this time than compared to last time. So the hope for Democrats is that those numbers are going to even out or or exceed 2012. Carolina, if North Carolina doesn't turn blue, I'm gonna I will truly consider this entire election cycle to have been a huge waste of time. I feel the same way. I think it's going to be close. Really? You know, I'm still sticking with my original prediction, which I made months and months ago, which was that Hillary would win North Carolina by two. Uh, I think if she does win by two, McCrory loses. If she wins by less than two, it's possible McCrory survives. I think Richard Burr is probably going to survive in the Senate, and Deborah Ross is going to lose. I gave her money, Deborah Ross. Dumbest thing I did all year was give those 20 fucking dollars to the North Carolina GOP to rebuild their dumb burnt office. Yeah, I agree with that. Virtue signaling. It's for schmucks. Be mean. Stay true to your school. I feel bad about that. Uh, And to make amends, I donated to North Carolina Democratic politicians. Had you not donated to them before? No, I don't. I'm trying to make money selling goddamn (laughs) t-shirts about my podcast. You think I'm Mr. Moneybags over here throwing money at all these politicians? No. Well, Ross. No, I never gave money to Ross Perot. I want to set the record straight because you guys were up my butt about this all week. I voted for Ross Pro. I never gave him any money. I was in college, okay? Ross, I gave you my heart not once but twice. We went on two dates, two dances, magical evenings that I thought would end with a golden kiss, and instead you left me, and you went away. That's what I have to say to you, Ross Pro. 
As long as I'm talking to people, Mike Pence, you need to drop out of this race, please. What's in it for you at this point? It'll be exciting. It'll give us a surprise, a haunted Halloween surprise. <laughs> what, what if Mike Pence gave a press conference on Halloween and he showed up and he painted his face white and he was like, happy Halloween. I have a surprise. I'm dropping out of the race. And then he put a cloak over his head and just disappeared in like a smoke cloud. That would blow people. The reporters would start screaming. There would be like a riot. Like the reporters would go crazy. I must follow my heart and obey the will of the election profit makers. Goodbye forever. <laughs> this is Mike Pence saying farewell. That might make the news. Oh, yeah, you think? <laughs> if, if Mike Pence dropped off the ticket and then revealed himself to be a vampire and then disappeared, you think that might make the news? Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast and you're exhausted and depressed from the election, on the count of three, I want you to say, I'm not doing so well. One, two, three. I'm, I'm not, not doing, doing so, so well. well. John, remember last week I made money in the uh, Obama gal approval rating market, and so I decided to re-up and ride another wave, and now I'm losing money on this one. Will Obama's Gallup approval be 55% or higher for the... 25th through the 27th of October. I'm already down more than $5. Oh, what am I going to do? Now do I got to get out of this market? Every It makes me mad that everything is over and we've spent so long grinding it out with this election. And we all have psychological damage and we're all exhausted. And I thought, well, at least in the closing weeks, I'll make a little money. And now I can't even make money. It's like, what do I have to show for this entire thing? Why did I have to live through this election? What did I get out of it? You're going to make money on election night. Ben Carson's not doing shit for me. He's never going to be president. I'm in the, will any presidential candidate's popular vote exceed 50%? I bought no, and that's up. I'm actually feeling good about that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I bought no on that as well. I think you got it for cheaper than I did, didn't you? I got it for 41 cents. What did you pay? Ooh, I paid more than that. Really? Um, I paid 42 cents. And now it's trading at 58. Yeah, we're making money. That's good for us. You know, I don't, I don't know how that resolves, but I think on election night, because of how the results come in, the, the, um, the East Coast and the South and everything will come in, Hillary will be nowhere near 50% until California. And California so is three hours behind. Is, that's right. So that's going to be a number that will continue to go up, and we, we, we might not even really know until the next day or two where that finally will resolve. That'll be one that you can ride the wave. Election night, I will need all wave riders assembled at the shore. I need your boards fully waxed. I need your wetsuits already on your bodies, and we're going to hop <laughs> in that water and just go crazy on waves on election night. From one ocean to the other. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, we're going to start riding waves in the Atlantic Ocean, and by the end of the night, we'll be riding waves in the Pacific Ocean. Do you think that's even possible in the history of surfing? Has anyone ever done that? Surf the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean in the same night? <laughs> Not unless they use my canal. I was about to say, your transcontinental canal that you designed. Oh, speaking of America and waterways, America, when did we lose our way? The one bright spot for me the Trump fact check market. Five false statements in October, and I didn't want to bother waiting till the end of the month. And he's just been lying his balls off all month. So I got out, I sold everything at 98 cents, and I made $4.75.
on the back of Trump's lies. So I'm ha- I'm happy about that. Are are you in the new one on that? There's a new one. <laughs> Will he he uh, have ten or more? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I just saw it. By when? By October. <laughs> no, they can't do that. Predicted.org is almost doing a little editorializing with this market. <laughs> are you going to get into that market? He has to make 10 pants on fire statements by the end of October. What is he at now? He's at five because I got out at five. Has he gone to six? I think he's gone to six. Oh, my God. Go for it. Just close strong, Donald Trump. But here's the thing. But he's he's he's, he's accelerating. He, I mean, he really, he's throwing them out every day now. That used to be my whole philosophy about this market. Like, the closer we get to the election day, the crazier he's going to get. But I think he's, he's starting to check out. He might be depressed. Oh. For real. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, we're depressed. I, I would hope he's fucking depressed. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's the, that's the least I would wish for, you know? Like, I, if at the very least, I want him to be depressed and be like, what's this strange feeling? Uh, doctor, doctor. And he goes to his amazing doctor. <laughs> you know that doctor who's definitely never prescribed pills for recreational reuse? Like, there's no chance that guy has ever done anything shady with, with prescription medicine. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, this is sort of going off topic, but I was having this discussion with a mutual friend of ours the other day, and I, I, I said, do you think... Donald Trump knows how many branches of government there are. I think he probably does. But what do you think the percentage is? The percentage I mean, chance like, like that if he you knows? were going to bet, yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's do predicted.org thought experiment. New market. Does Donald Trump know how many branches of government there are? And how, how would he answer that question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that the tr- let's say the Trump campaign got their wish. Kellyanne Conway was out earlier this week saying, "Like, yeah, we can do a fourth debate. Why not? Let's do another debate." Okay. Let's pretend they do that debate. Uh, <laughs> and then the first question, uh, Mr. Trump, how many branches of government are there in the political system? I, I think he does know. I think I would be buying yes up to eighty cents. Over eighty, I would get skittish because. Maybe he doesn't. I think he would have to spin his wheels a little while he checked in his head to make sure that was right. Right. Yeah, I think it's about 30. It's about 30%. I would say that he doesn't know. And that's really way too high. It should be 100% that he knows. Oh, you think a presidential candidate should know how many branches of government there are? Yeah, yeah. So, but you're right. It's about 70% or 80%. But if you at follow, most, if you follow the rules of predicted, John asked, "How would he answer?" And the chance of him answering correctly in the moment is much lower. You know what? That's true. That's She's a good got point. A good point. It doesn't matter. The market would not be on whether he actually knows. The market would be on what his if his answer was correct. So he might be flipping a coin in his mind and being like, "It's either three or thirty-three. I know there's a three involved, so I'll go with uh, there's three. Right? Any idiot knows that. Yes. It would be so tangled. It really would. It would be very hard to interpret, possibly. And and could he name what they were, I wonder? That's another Absolutely not. No fucking way. No way. I agree. You think he's going to say, of course. It will be my (laughs) pleasure to answer this very simple question. Executive, legislative, and judicial. The market should be how many minutes would it take him to answer this very simple question. Oh, there's (laughs) another good market. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I like that. 
John, do you have a theory about why the delusional Trump voters are not going crazy on Predict It right now? Like, is predicted a way of indicating that they know that their candidate's lost, even though they go to the rallies? Because why is it so different than what happened when you first got into this? That's a good question. It's possible that they've been wiped out at this point, that they've, they've run out of money. And they're not being replaced with fresh troops. Because it does seem like something... It does seem to me like this is the litmus. This is, in a way, it's how I know we're going to be okay, because they're not. The true believers seem to have fallen, or at least. I mean, been. if Bill Mitchell, if you know, if Bill Mitchell, does everyone know who Bill Mitchell? Ladies and gentlemen, listening to our podcast, does do you know who Bill Mitchell is? Your, Your voice, voice radio. Your, Your voice, voice radio, radio, the silent majority, majority is silent no more. He's a Trump supporter who is now a Twitter superstar. He's getting the kind of attention we couldn't we couldn't fantasize about on our best day because this guy is always um, looking for liberal media bias in in polling internals. I I guarantee that dude has typed. D plus nine more than any other human in the history of <laughs> computer communication. He will D plus nine any old thing. Like, And Bill Mitchell is always talking about how it's going to be a huge Trump blowout, you know. And I tweeted at him once. I was like, dude, if you really believe this, go and predict it. You're going to make a million dollars. Like, because you're saying that Trump is 100% locked to win the election. Trump's trading at 20 cents right now. I mean, you're probably blocked out. You're probably locked out of that market. But go find something else. Like, go make money, Bill Mitchell. Come on, you know. John. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. You ready yeah. for listener questions? No, I'm just. I'm still thinking about why there still isn't a bunch of irrationality in the prediction markets like there were before. And I don't really know because there still is on Twitter. There still is on Fox News. You know, I watched. Watch Fox last night. I know I'm not supposed to mention Giuliani on this podcast, but he was on there talking about how Trump had a chance in Michigan. And uh, then Laura Ingram was on there talking about how he had a chance in Massachusetts and Connecticut. And I was like, what, what is going on? This is crazy. Massachusetts? Yes. Laura Ingram, come on. What are you doing out there? So, I mean, I... I I would think that if you're in that sort of uh, conservative media bubble, which a lot of people are, that you you may be really surprised. But it doesn't seem to be, Starley's right, it doesn't seem to be translating to the prediction markets. But it could be that the prediction markets are wrong, you know? I mean, the prediction markets were trading at 80, 90% for Brexit, and... Um, that uh, Remain would win, That's right. and we, and the prediction markets were wrong. But the prediction markets were not mirroring the polling. The polling was very, very close between Remain and Leave. So everyone who talks about Brexit, oh, remember Brexit, remember Brexit, it was a huge miss. Well, it wasn't a huge polling miss. It was neck and neck in the polls. It was a huge prediction market miss. So... And in this particular case, the polling and the prediction markets are 
showing the same thing. They're more they're they're more in sync. They are very much in sync. And yes, the they could both be wrong, but again, the the polling is not close. <laughs> it's it's not like it was with Brexit. Please end. Please. Can we have the election tomorrow? Please, please, please. All those people who early vote get to just be at peace now? Yeah. Does it end for them as soon yeah, as yeah. the ballot is cast? I feel like when I vote, we won't put this in the podcast. Yeah. I feel like when I vote, as soon as I'm done, I'm going to take the biggest shit of my life <laughs> and I'm going to instantly be like 50 pounds lighter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I think it's going to be so amazing. Do they not even like pay attention to the news after that? Oh my God. If I voted... Talk about senior... First, I would take a nap, take one of the greatest naps of all time. Mm-hmm. Then I would wake up, and my first impulse would be like, "Oh, I better check my phone for late breaking political." And I'd be like, "No, what do I care? I voted. I don't. I don't care." And then I'd be done. Would you even check to see who won? Maybe in like a year or two, if I hadn't just figured it out from the vibe on the street. I'm very sensitive to the streets. You know, that's usually how I get my information. Like, what's the vibe on the street? I'll go out and see. What's the weather like? I don't know. Let me hit the streets. I'll figure it out. And I would probably do the same thing with like who won the election. Do you know what I mean? Like you'd wait to see a sweatshirt. Yeah, exactly. Sweatshirt that said, hooray, Hillary Clinton won the election (laughs) three days ago. Like really specific. You can get a lot of information from sweatshirts if they're really, really specific. John, do you have anything left to say about your markets, about the Electoral College vote market? How much are you going to win on the presidency? Uh, About $711 in the presidency. And then I also am in which part, I I, I don't know, probably like another 1500 or so. Another? I could do really well. I could, you know, if I hit everything, I could could win $4,000 on election night. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god oh that would be so amazing yeah i know that's why i'm freaking out oh because i really want wow. it i need it this has been $4, my job dollars oh my god i'm rooting for you so hard so tell me, me tell too. our listeners right now john what to wish for on election night because we have two weeks to prepare our wishes and you need to start, when you want to wish on something, you need to start early to build up so that by the time it's election night, we're all fully focused and concentrating on the correct wishes for you. So, John, okay. what's your <laughs> wish list? Tell everybody right now. I'm serious. I'm going to wish the fuck out of this shit for you, man. If you get $4,000 on election night, I'm going to be so happy. Me okay. too. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, okay, hang on one second. I just want to make sure. All right. This is just going to take a second because I want to make sure that I don't mess this up. No, don't mess don't it up. Don't waste the wish. Yeah, don't waste the yeah. wish. The Waste a Wish Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Trump campaign was. <laughs> the Waste a Wish Foundation. Because you know some people are like, you know who I wish would run for president? A down-to-earth businessman billionaire who's not politically correct. Donald Trump. That's what I wish for. Well, <laughs> your wish came true. Welcome to Waste a Wish. <laughs> okay. Please wish for Hillary to win Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio. And please wish that Hillary does not win Utah and Georgia. And I don't care who wins. If, if, if Evan McMullen wins Utah, that would be nice. But as long as Hillary doesn't win Utah or Georgia and she wins all the other states where that are con- considered toss-ups right now, 
I'm golden. Yeah, I don't want to hear about any of you people wishing for Hillary to win Utah. Yeah. Don't, don't waste that wish. Don't waste that wish, because that's going to mess up John's brackets. Right, yes. John? Yes, that will definitely right. make mess up my bracket. All right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, you better start wishing now, because we only have two weeks, and we need to send a powerful surge of wishes into the ionosphere on, a, on election night. Because we need John Kimball to make $4,000 on election night. We need to end this podcast with a bang. Does it have to be, do we have to wish daily? No, I think one wish should do it. <laughs> do you even understand how wishes work? Oh, one ha- wish. Well, when do you want? It has to be. Di- well, it ha- this needs to be. Fo- Listen, everyone who listens to this podcast is probably like us. They spend all day wasting their lives on social media reading about the election. Stop reading and start wishing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Even wish if every day. You're out there knocking on doors, canvassing, phone banking. You need to put. You need to stop all that tomfoolery and just sit down every day, every morning, or every evening. <laughs> according to your own wish-making practice, and do some focused, concentrated wishing, okay, on what Hillary Clinton is going to win and what she's not going to win. Don't just wish for the victories. You have to wish for the defeats, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's complicated. There's some Yeah. There's some strategy involved in wishing. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's like predicted.org. John, guess what it's time for? A listener questions. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. First question is from Bobby. He wants to know, why is the Reince Priebus contract trading so low? It feels like he's going to be blamed by everyone in the GOP for allowing Trump to be the candidate. Plus, he's been on the job for almost five years. It seems like he would leave even if Trump won. So, have you looked at the Priebus market? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Will they... Reince Priebus announce resignation as RNC chair by November 30th? You can buy yes at 57 and no at 44. So, there's quite a spread between the the bit in the ask there. But the, yeah, the rules say that uh, by 11.59.59 p.m. on November 30th, 2016, Reince Priebus shall publicly announce his resignation as chair of the Republican National Committee, or that he doesn't intend to run for re-election as chair in 2017. And, you oh, know, th- yes. this fine past yes right month, the yes, yeah, yes was tro- trading as low as 28 cents back in early October. And, um, yeah, it was trading as high as 64 cents earlier this week. So, yeah, the conventional wisdom is it should Trump lose, and especially if the GOP also loses the Senate, that Reince Priebus will have a lot of pressure to step down. The donor class has come out, and they've said that they, they really want him to step down. But he said that he would like to stay on another couple of years. So the question is, is if he's forced out, does that happen the day after the election or does it happen in the weeks or months afterwards? I, I, I'm not really sure, but I think it's clear that pretty clear that the Republicans are going to lose the presidency and the Senate, and there's going to be major pressure on him. So I see the real potential for this market to continue heading north, the yes prices, uh, whether it finally resolves there or not, I don't know, but you could see a lot of people calling for Priebus's head the day after the election and, and seeing this market maybe skyrocket. Well, I just bought 25 shares, yes, and I just realized, of course, that since it doesn't resolve until November 30th, I would have to continue to monitor this market after the election. But because my goal is to 
log off of predict it, close out my account, and then burn my computer the day after the election, I'll just hope for a wave that I can ride and then get out the morning after what I assume will be a Republican bloodbath. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Thanks for your question, Robert. Uh, Bobby sent along a photo, and now I realize that Bobby is uh, a, a member of the United States Air Force, who I met when I was teaching Air Force personnel in Africa how to sharpen pencils. So thank you, Bobby. It was nice to hear from you. Thank you for your service. And more importantly, thank you for that hot Reince Priebus tip. You're a true patriot. Next question. (laughs) John, this is not so much a question as an explanation. We got a very, very uh, detailed email from a speech pathologist who wanted to talk to you about your T's and your P's. Uh, some of our listeners will remember John's anxiety that his mouth was too small for the words he wanted to say. John, do you remember that? I, I do remember that. Okay. She writes, Dear John and David, I'm writing regarding the non-issue of John's pronunciation of the T phoneme in words such as debate, which has been the subject of overwhelming criticism from, quote, fans of election profit makers. As a speech-language pathologist, I can no longer idly listen without commenting as you discuss John's tongue size. I have never met John, therefore I have no right to comment regarding said tongue size in proportion to his mouth, but it is a moot point here. Let me break it down. Then she just goes off. I mean, this is so incredible. She's talking about a flap tap, a one tap trill, a frequent allophonic variation of T and D, and then she's talking about stop plosives getting preceded by vowels, and then she's talking about a tongue-bumpy ridge contact, and then she talks about how her mother pronounces the word diaper. I want to say to Liza, thank you for one of the greatest emails we have ever received at Election Profit Makers. You have put my mind at ease. John, is your mind comforted by this email? It is, yeah. She says there's nothing wrong with the, the way I speak. My mouth is just the right size for me. I'm John Kimball, and I like my mouth. Our next question is about negative risk, our favorite topic. It's from Bradley. First, thank you for sharing that Chrome plugin for negative risk, or as he calls it, the wave-making machine. He now owns 100 shares in each contract in John's beloved Electoral College votes market. So you know what that means, that when you're wishing for those election results, you're not only wishing on behalf of John, you're also wishing on behalf of Bradley. Question number one, what am I supposed to do now? Wait until election day and cash in my sweet 3 to $6? Or And then question number two, Is there a way to apply negative risk into a guaranteed profit in my actual life? For instance, I'm pretty sure none of the neighborhood kids are going to come trick-or-treating at my house. Okay, we don't have to get into the specifics of his Halloween strategy. John, two questions. Mm -hmm. Now that he's established his position in negative risk, does he just wait? Or does he have to keep tinkering with it? Yeah, I I mean, has he maxed out yet? If he he hasn't maxed out, then you want to, yeah, keep tinkering and building your position and and uh, increasing your average, or, or not, excuse me, you want to keep lowering the average price that you paid for those no shares. So then that's not always possible in, in all cases, but that's the goal. And the more you lower the price of all those no shares across the board, then that increases the number of uh, return for your negative risk. So, yeah, it, then, you want to keep tinkering with it. Never stop tinkering, right? Yeah, you don't NST. want to max out early because there are going to be some of these brackets that are going to shoot, start getting really, really high. 
uh, as we get closer to election day. And as they get high, that means the price of no gets low. And that's good for your average. Does that make sense? Yes. And Bradley, second question. Are there ways to apply negative risk in real life, not in financial markets? Can you think of an example? I can't. You know, I I bet bet you could do it in dating somehow. Like if you were dating on OkCupid or some kind of internet dating thing, I wonder if you could do negative risk that way somehow. Oh, you could definitely do it. You could definitely apply it to online dating. I don't know if you could apply it to like actually being with a human and keeping track of their, you know, like on a date. But like do Emotional the, negative risk? Yeah. Called negging? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know about that? When the, they said that was the big fad a couple years ago, be me, really mean to women and then, or, or not be really mean, but be like, oh, it's an interesting uh, sweater. It really brings out your moles or something like that. And then the woman would like go, oh, I got to impress him. I got, I must marry this wonderful man. <laughs> if anyone out there is as doing online dating and using negative risk to manage his or her portfolio, we'd be interested in hearing, hearing from you. I think it'd be interesting. And if anyone else out there is using negative risk in the real world instead of just these financial markets, we'd be interested in hearing about that too because uh, the three of us might co-author a paper about real world applications of negative risk because the <laughs> three of us understand negative risk backwards and forwards. We are the world's experts on the topic at hand. John, are you ready for our next question? Yep. It's from Phil. Today I noticed a three cent delta between Clinton yes at 81 cents and Trump no at 78. So what he's saying is those are both, those are, there are two different ways of answering the same question, right? Why does this delta exist? Now he doesn't have to say delta. He could say difference. Okay, Phil, come on, right? We're, we're, we're people of the earth, right? Okay, we're basically a John Steinbeck novel in podcast form. Don't bring delta to a difference. We're, we're, we're simple people like, like Donald Trump. Yeah, we're simple people like Donald Trump and we have simple pleasures and we like milk and we like bread. What else do we like, John? Uh, yeah, milk and bread's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Right. Uh, and then Phil says, shouldn't it be capitalized on immediately? If I weren't already at the 850 cap in both markets. Oh, so Phil's a whale here. If I weren't already at the 850 cap in both markets, there would be no reason not to buy one and sell the other, right? And if there's going to be a delta, or we will say a difference, shouldn't the no always be more valuable than the yes? Because for the yes to pay out, Hillary has to win. For the no to pay out, anyone on earth besides Trump can win. If our democracy crumbles and we don't have a president, the no will pay out, but the yes won't. Am I missing something? No, it seems like he's got it all figured out. <laughs> Whoa. Are you being, are you? No, no. I think he's not oh. missing something. He sounds. No, you're not he, missing anything, Phil. Go get it. And then finally for our questions, you'll rem- some of you will remember that last week or two weeks ago when we did non-political listener questions we got a question from grant about the weather markets that he's involved in and we asked for more information grant suffice it to say we have read your reply with great interest and you will be hearing from us in the very near future what are we going to do how are we going to are we going to get in touch with grant because we're we're going to go into business with him yes grant we will be in touch with you and uh, i'm proficient in microsoft word excel and powerpoint I also know a little Photoshop if you need that. I used to work for a doctor. John obviously has a very data-driven mindset and he has a deep enthusiasm for weather. 
and we will be submitting our resumes to your organization because we both need a job. <laughs> right, John? Yeah, yeah. As always, thank you everybody for your questions. When I look through all the questions people have sent, it really does mean a lot to us. Sometimes we didn't answer them because we felt like we were covering them in the episode. Sometimes we didn't answer them because we didn't know the answer. And other times we didn't answer them because there wasn't enough time. But thanks everybody for your questions. I think I'm going to officially say no more questions. No? I don't know. John, what do you think? Yeah, I like getting should the questions. We, should we be done with questions? No, let's get let's get the questions, and we reserve the right not to answer. Okay, them. never mind. I lift my ban on questions. Questions you can keep asking questions. Contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We will welcome your questions. But remember, two, there's only two episodes after this one. Maybe only there's only questions next week, so only one more week of questions. There's only one more week of questions. We yeah. just made our official verdict. The question that we get most often these days is, will Election Profit Makers podcast continue after the election? Will we break our solemn vow? No, we will not. Our word is our bond. The, the podcast ends. And then the second question we get is, will you guys go on to do another podcast? I don't know. I can't answer that question right now. I just have no, I have, my future is a blank slate. Okay. The sky is the limit. I see great opportunities and great challenges ahead in my future. And so right now I don't want to commit to a podcast. Um, John, how are you feeling? Are you going to do a podcast when you're done with this podcast? Uh, I, no, I mean, not with anyone else unless it was I don't know. I mean, if you're interested in doing another podcast, I'd be interested. What do we do it about? I don't know. Other markets? Could, could we get more money? It doesn't have to be yeah, about money, but I'd like to make some money. We could do a podcast and get it on a, you know what, John, this is what we'll do. I have it. John, this is it. I just had a, I just had an inspiration. Check it out. This is what our podcast is about. Two white guys talking about pop culture and like and it'll be like this it'll be called um it'll be called it'll be called this moment we're in and th every week what <laughs> we do is we look at the biggest movie or the biggest tv show or the biggest book and then we s talk about how it how it's relevant to the moment that our nation finds ourselves in so it'll be like welcome to this moment we're in i'm david reese and i'm joined by john kimball so this week the uh we're talking about and let's say um Oh, let's say that there's a new album out by Bruce Springsteen. Oh no, this is what we say. There's a new out. There's a new book out by Bruce. Okay, here's how, here's how it goes. Welcome to this moment we're in. I'm David Reese, and I'm joined with John Kimball. This week we're discussing Bruce Springsteen's memoir, Born to Run, a story of his life. We thought this would be interesting because it feels like we're in a moment right now where we're really trying to figure out what America is. And Bruce Springsteen has been such a voice in these heated, contested spaces of authenticity and identity and all that kind of stuff. John, what are your thoughts? And then we'll talk about it, and then we'll be like, oh, excuse me, now I have to read 45 minutes of podcast sponsors because we have the hottest podcast about pop culture, which is a guaranteed moneymaker. This moment we're in is brought to you by MeUndies, Irish underwear that comes in a box. <laughs> uh, underwear is the first thing that you put on in the middle, in the day, and the and the last thing you take off before you go to bed in the nude. MeUndies <laughs> offers the softest underwear you've ever seen. And then we'll say, uh, and this moment we're in is also brought to you by Audible. If you ever wanted to read a book with your ears and not your eyes, do you not want to carry around a heavy book when you could just have it on your phone? Audible.com has seven thousand books. Use proper use um. Use offer code this moment we're in. No, use offer code moment for 10% off your first free audiobook. Then every week a new audiobook arrives in your phone, $10 a day, like that. And then we'll make money. 
what this is what you have to do if you want to be on a podcast. And we learned this the hard way. We wanted to be hardcore DIY like Donald Trump when he was booking those shows back in Queens, trying to get a scene going. And we thought, we'll try to get sponsors, and no sponsors were interested, so we had to beg with our begging bowl for donations. And now we're selling T-shirts, trying to scrape together, scrape together enough money to survive. And the good thing about it was we never had to read ad copy about Casper mattresses, Harry's, Harry's, razors, Harry's razor blades, um, uh, Blue Apron. We never had to do that dance. We were free, right? We had authenticity. Right. We, had in- we had integrity. But that, those days are done. We're aging now. And we need to do a podcast where we can make a lot of money. And the way you do that is you get sponsors. And so that means we have to do a podcast that appeals to people. And that is produced regularly and consistently. And I think the easiest way to do that is to do a podcast about pop culture, right? We talk about, I'll talk about Westworld for 20 hours straight if Casper Mattresses will throw money at me. <laughs> I don't know. Even the thought of it gets me depressed. Yeah. No, we're never yeah. doing another podcast. We made the best podcast. The game is... The game is over, okay? Yeah. I'm not right. doing another podcast. I just decided I felt so clear and powerful. <laughs> like, why am I even trying to talk myself into doing another podcast? We did the best podcast. Election Profit Makers. You're going to miss us when we're gone. Casper Mattresses, it could have been you, son. All right? But you missed out. And now and now your brand is fatally compromised because they were never associated with us. No, there will be no future podcasts. John and I are going to move on to bigger and better things. We have wonderful potential and we have dreams that we want to realize. The podcasts are done. Two more weeks. All right, let's get this done. I'm so excited to be done with this fucking election and this podcast. I'm going to get so into sports. I'm going to be the biggest jock of all time. Yeah, man. I'm with you the, on the... the jock... Oh. Go ahead, sir. What, you, what were you going to say? What was I going to say? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say I am, yeah, ready to get back in shape and start rebuilding this damaged body. <clears throat> you know what? Mind. I want to say one thing. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, my yeah, rebuild my damaged body and mind. John, because we don't take corporate advertising dollars, we rely on the generosity of our donors. It's time to thank our donors. Now, we're going to try something very different this week because we got a lot of donations, and I was trying to figure out how to save time reading the donations. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to list all the male donors in the left side of your earbud, and I'm going to list all the female donors on the right side of your earbud. So if you're a female and you want to hear your name, Listen to your right earbud, and if you're male and you want to hear your name, listen to your left earbud. Everybody else, it's going to be total chaos, but that's how we're going to get through these donors. I hope this works. Thank, Thank you, to Claire, you to Nash. In honor congratulations of on your new job. Thank you to, Thank you to Chad, F. who's donated nice his predicted from winning you. so far. Thank you to Lauren, Thank you to Hannah, Joseph, and John. Nicole, Joseph is the guy who added you to his professional network on LinkedIn. Something that Donald Trump has so far refused meme. to do for me. Remember we thought Thank we were going to have all these memes. Thank you to Carsten, David, Peter from Australia, and Ian. Thank you to Red Onion Woodworks. Thank you to Joe. Thank you to Melanie donation based on 538. Thank you to Miranda, uh, thank you to John who made a Guy G, Fieri did another comedy, comedy donation, donation based on five thirty eight. But was actually the comedy donation we always Guy wanted. Fieri. Thank you, John. I feel like you're reading thank my Thank you to Dylan journal. from Somerville. Thank you to and Shannon. also a Dylan from thank North Carolina, Mariana, as well as my friend Evan Mike. in New Jersey. Thank you to thank Carrie, you to Stanley, who's dedicating his donation to his girlfriend Heather. Thank you to David, who had a conspiracy about our and finally thank you to Alexis, who's wishing a happy anniversary to Justin. Thank you to Ryan S. We honor all of Sarah and her EPM lifestyle. Thank you to Ryan. 
anyone who listens who donated to Electron Profit that Satchel remix, thank you. That will finally, be on the Electron like Profit Eloise who wrote us from Namibia, Africa, everybody aflame, and said that she thank would donate to our podcast. Who asked me to mention the Namibia? I get it. Okay. Thank you, Stephen, for your continued support. But we can't wait to visit Gainesville someday and eat all your pizza. And I'm going to run up the sickest pizza bill. She said she would donate to the podcast. The Namibian dollar and U.S. dollar exchange rate is so disastrous that it would at best be. Thank you to Dave S, David H, Daniel A, and Eloise, Sean. We really appreciate Thank you to that. Mitchell, Thank who asked me to mention us. his band, which is called Noise from the Sky. Okay, best of luck to you. Experience. Thank you to Alex. So Thank I'm you to Kyle, who donates in honor of Rob. Thank, Thank you to you, Robert Eloise. and Sarah we in the United Kingdom. Thank you to Phil, who donates for Anna. And then I want to say this is a nice donation from Francis. Francis writes, in order to relieve myself of the guilt associated with gambling, I'm donating 100% of whatever is left over in my predicted account to Life Skills Foundation, a nonprofit that provides skills training, counseling, and housing support for young adults who've transitioned out of foster care in Durham, North Carolina. I want to give a shout out to Francis for donating his proceeds to this organization in North Carolina, lifeskillsfound.org. Thank you once again to all our donors. If you would like to donate, the time again is running out. You can send money via PayPal to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. There's also a donate link on our website, electionprofitmakers.com. Or if you'd like something tangible in exchange for your money, you can always buy the Election Profit Makers commemorative t-shirt available for pre-order until election eve, at which time it is no longer available for pre-order. Bitly.com slash EPM shirt. Oh. The filth of commerce courses through my blood. John Kimball, do you have anything to say to our donors? Thank you so much. Seriously, it it uh, yeah, it really does mean a lot, and um, yeah, it's touching. Anytime we get a donation, every time I get the little thing from PayPal saying you have a donation, I get really excited. I do. It's like, uh, and then they write a note or whatever. We yeah. really do appreciate it. We're getting all melancholy and sappy because we're reaching the twilight years of our little podcast here, but we do want to say how much. Uh, we have appreciated the feedback from listeners. And so many people have written to say that the podcast has helped them get through the election season and your emails have helped, have helped us get through the podcast. So it kind of feels like we're all in this hellscape together, holding hands. But that's nice. It's been a, it's been a pretty good experience. Right, John? Yeah, it really has. Thank you. Yeah, and Casper Mattresses, thanks for nothing. Okay, <laughs> MeUndies, go jump in a lake. I got nothing. Um, what are you looking forward to next week? Nothing, really. I mean, just <laughs> I'm going to follow the... Yeah, I mean, I'm always like this in the last few weeks of the election. It's just like glued to my phone and yeah, it's going to be awful. I might not even look at my portfolio until for a couple days. I got to finish this mixtape. This mixtape is driving me crazy. I thought this was going to be the hottest mixtape of all time and it's really frustrating me but I want to put out a good mixtape because I want to be the political podcast that put out the hottest mixtape of 2016. I'm still waiting to hear back from Keeping a 1600 about what kind of mixtape they're going to put out. I'm starting to think they're not going to drop anything. Same with 538, same with Slate Political Gabfest. These guys have no have no beats. So we're going to try to get our mixtape out hopefully next week. I want to get it out before the election or then I know like I'll never get it done because I won't have a deadline and then I'll be working on it in 2021. I'll be like, are you guys still interested in hearing my mixtape? <laughs> like, no, man, we don't listen to music anymore. We have this new kind of thing. Audible.com. That's it for this week's edition of Election Prop. Oh, right. Everybody, don't forget to wish for John. Do you want to do a final wish announcement, John? Just remind people to wish. 
Yes, wish for the Electoral College to be between 340 and 359. Nothing less and nothing more than that. And the, the biggest important thing about that is that Hillary needs to win Ohio, North Carolina, and Florida. And she needs to definitely not win Utah and Georgia. And this is all for money. This is for money. Craziest thing in the world. These are stupid, stupid people. And they're leading us right down the tubes. That's it for this week's edition of Election Profit Makers. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. As always, you can send comments or suggestions or questions for one more week to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We wish you all the best in the waning weeks of this campaign. We know it's been a lot. We've all been through a lot together, but we're going to finish strong, hand in hand, strong and proud, Americans making money. I'm David Reese. And I'm John Kimball. I'm Starly Kai. And we are the The Election Election Profit Profit Makers. Makers. On my first day in office, my administration will immediately pursue the following six measures. First, I'm going to start swimming across rivers and lakes now. Second, let drugs pour into your community. And third, we have people over there standing in plants. They're in plants. Fourth, the element of surprise. Fifth, you're going to be very proud of your country again. You're going to be happy. And sixth, a complete ban on the Constitution of the United States. Who cares, right? So that was two hours. Yeah. We'll cut that we'll down. Cut it down. Is Rudy Giuliani banned from being mentioned? Yeah, we did that. Have you ever listened to our podcast? Before? I guess I did. I have. I I have. Yeah, we banned him months ago. 